I'm uh, honored to have had a part of Peterson Outdoors now for nearly eight years. Uh, we got acquainted with Tron and, and the Peterson Outdoor Ministries through Christian Waterfowler Association and uh, just fell in love with the organization and the ministry and the heart of the people and we began to serve with them. And uh, you know, he talked about ministering to these vets and you know, every one of us have, one, we have our own story. All of us have our own story. We could all tell our own story. But a lot of the stories that we hear when we talk with these gentlemen, um, very dark, very dark places. Sometimes we can relate to those dark places. You know, many of you in this room today could probably relate to some of the dark places these guys have been in. But the opportunity that we have is to share with them the light. <laughs> the light that will bring them out of the darkness and will set the captive free. And the coolest part of that is everyone in this room has that opportunity. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to, I want to share a message with you. I, <laughs> I preach a lot of different ways. Um, I usually have a duck call in my hand. I love preaching a duck call sermon. I didn't bring a duck call with me this morning. Uh, I've got a sermon about a deer walking down a road. I've got a sermon about seeing an eagle sitting in the top of a tree with an old crow sitting two branches down. You know, God shows me things and he gives me these messages and I love that. I, I love that outdoor thing and that's my passion, my passion for the outdoors and God's allowed me to blend my passion for him with my passion for the outdoors. And But for whatever reason, I don't have a duck call with me today. I'm not going to talk about an eagle and a crow or a deer. I'm going to talk about you. The title of this message I'm going to bring you this morning is What's Inside You? Now, this is a, um, a very stiff chapter, a very stiff message that comes out of the Bible that, that God shared with me several years ago, and, and um, I've, I've been in youth ministry, I've been a juvenile detention center chaplain, uh, I have all kinds of critical incident stress management training, uh, suicide prevention intervention, suicide intervention, pastoral crisis intervention, you name it, I've been there, tried to do it. So, in the midst of all of that, God shared with me a message that started out for me. And then I began to share it with others. And it comes out of Isaiah chapter 58. And we'll use the entire chapter. The first part of it, kind of a shin kicker. They were supposed to pass out shin guards this morning. I don't see any. Um, <laughs> I do love to have fun. So you just have to bear with me. If you think my jokes are boring, then sorry. But I'll, uh, I'll try to do better. But we're going to start chapter 58, verse 1. The prophet Isaiah uh, has been given a commission. He says, shout with a voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. The prophet in this chapter has, has been given a commission and a charge renewed to reprove the sinners in Zion, particularly the hypocrites, to show them their transgressions. That's intended for admonition and a warning to all these hypocrites and is not to be confined to those of any one age. So this is from the youngest to the oldest. This message goes for everybody. Going on in verse 2, it says, Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. 
What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will get you nowhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. In this way, you, is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? That's a pretty tough spot. I mean, Isaiah's really kind of putting the thumb on people. I feel when I read this chapter that somehow God's reminding me that it's, it's just way too easy for us as believers, as Christians, to find ourselves just going through the motions. Church on Sunday, that's what we're supposed to do. I notice y'all have an evening service. You know, a lot of churches don't do that anymore. You know, that, y'all are more spiritual than others. <laughs> you know, some, some will really stretch it out and actually have church on Wednesday night. That's three times a week. Three times, that's how I grew up. You know, I, my mom was a church secretary for many years. My dad was a deacon and I, I grew up in church and um, I, I, I tell people all the time I had a drug problem growing up. I got drugged to church every time the doors was open. <laughs> I, I didn't have an option. <laughs> in my growing up days, I didn't have an option. If we were in revival for 12 days straight, I went to church 12 days straight. It didn't matter that I had school in the morning. If service went till 11, I was there till 11. Still got up and went to school. Didn't like that part at all. But the, the deal is, is our society has shifted so much. We, we find ourselves in a position now where we simply go through the motions. And we find ourselves caught in going through the motions as that labeled Christianity requires. We involve ourselves volunteering for various ministries. Maybe it's Peterson Outdoors. I think there's some faces in here I recognize that volunteer for Peterson's. I heard there was at least 10 guys from here who went out and worked. Man, that's awesome stuff. We involve ourselves in ministries, great causes. We give our offerings to missions. We pay our tithes. We give to the needy. All these are good things. You know, that video that start this thing off, I mean, I'm thinking, Lord has got a sense of humor. But, you know, because when you think about setting up for a sermon, I, I'm, I'm nervous as a cat. I can't, I use this pulpit to hide behind because I, I'm nervous when I get up here. I've been preaching for a long time, but it still bothers me every time I get up here because I don't want it to be me. I want him to say what he wants to say. And I, and I fuss over all these sermons, these messages of what to bring and what to say because it's real easy to do a duck call sermon. That was a lot of fun. But when I have to do something that's stronger than that, it's hard. But then I see a video right off the bat talking about the missions work that I'm assuming this church is involved in. That's awesome. But it's not enough. We find ourselves arguing with God over our prayers not being answered the way we want them to. Because a lot of times we're just going through the motions. Now I want to I move on with this because it gets a little better. Check out what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through his prophet. We move to verse 6. He said, No, this is the kind of fasting that I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Verse 7 says, Share your food with the hungry. There's there's an interesting thing about this. Um, I like to look at at true meanings of Scripture um, because I want to really know what he's saying. And so I, I spent a lot of time looking, looking up the Greek and the Hebrew, and, and I'm certainly not a theologian, um, 
But I, I really like to know what's being said. What was really meant when he said it that way? I'll give you an example. There's a, one of the most quoted verses in, in the world today is John 3.16. It's one little word in there. For whosoever believes. Just that one word believes. Did you know that that word actually doesn't even exist in the Greek and the Hebrew writing? It's not there. And there's something else unique about that particular word where it says believes. If you look at every version of the Bible, it's believes, it's plural. And it's because of, of where it origin, the origin of that word. Even though the word doesn't exist, it had a meaning. It's a process word. It's an ongoing event. So whosoever continues, whosoever goes on with, it's not this just whosoever believed one time. It's this process thing. So I find it very interesting when I read the word. And, and in, in this particular chapter, in verse 7, where it says, feed the hungry. Well, we know what that means, right? We have food pantries in our churches. We buy people meals. We, you know, we give to those who are in need, right? Feed the hungry. And that and actually, in verse 7, is what that means. And we'll learn later in this, in this chapter uh, that it changes. But it really talks about here, feeding them. Going them out and buying them a hamburger. I got to tell you, recently... We travel a lot. My wife Rhonda's with me. We've, we've been in Springdale this weekend and up to here, and, and we travel all the time. I travel for work and travel in ministry, but in all these travels, you know, I don't miss too many meals, obviously. And a lot of them are fast food, so I find myself in McDonald's, you know, that holy place. And I got this couple in front of me, you know, cute little elderly couple, you know, and they're buying their meal, and I'm right behind them waiting patiently, as we all do. And I noticed that they bought one drink, a little medium Coke. They bought one hamburger, just that little cheeseburger, and one small order of fries. I'm thinking, hey, come. I mean, that ain't even enough to get me started. So I, 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 I kind of nudged them. I'm like, hey, you know... I, I buy you another hamburger and fries. Oh, oh the little old lady's like, oh, no, no, no. That's fine. We share everything. All right. You know, they got their stuff. They went sit down. I ordered my, sat across the room from them, and I'm watching them. It's still bugging me. I mean, this is just bugging me. And I watched they, they, the little old man took out a, his pocket knife. You know, carry, you know, he got that pocket knife. Per perfectly clean pocket knife. And he slices that hamburger perfectly in half. Sets one half to the side while she's counting out the fries. Divides them. I miss about driving me nuts. I'm thinking, I, I, I go back to the table. I'm like, listen, guys, I, man, I feel bad here. I, let me go buy you another meal. Oh, no, no. No, no. It's fine. We share everything. She assured me it was fine. They both take sips off the drink, you know. And then I watch this little old lady, cute little thing, sits there with her hands crossed, watching him eat his meal. And I'm about to blow a gasket. I'm thinking, this is taking this humbleness and this servanthood stuff and this you know way too far and so I, I finally I'm like all right guys listen <laughs> let me go get you another meal she goes no no you know we're fine we share everything I'm like I, I, okay I get that you share everything but why are you watching him eat and you waiting she said because I'm waiting on the teeth boy yeah I never know how that one's going to go over I just uh... <laughs> verse 7 share your food with the hungry 
give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them, and you guys will love this, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Oh, Lord, why did you put that in there? But it's in there. I didn't write this. So these are all very good things we should be actively involved in every day of our lives as we serve the Lord, right? These actions will pay off. If you look at verse 7, it says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. You know, it's good to know that we got him on our backside, right? Now, I'll throw this in for free. Ephesians, I like to talk about Ephesians, where it talks about the armor of God. We all know those scriptures, putting on the helmet of salvation and all the goodies. Did you ever notice that all of the armor listed is for your front side? There's no armor listed for your backside. Now, I, I, come to, I, I use a lot of versions of the Bible when I study. Um, the New King James, the, the ESV are, are two of my favorites, the NLT. I'll throw in the MOV now and again. I usually try to warn people about that because that's my own version. So when I look at my own version, and I'm looking at this passage of Scripture, I'm thinking about these, this, this element of, of armor that's being applied. And something that God really showed me in the midst of this is not only does he have our back, but you're supposed to have my back too. See, as followers of Christ, as believers, as fellow believers in Christ, we're to have each other's back. We're to protect each other. We're to stand with each other. But secondly, something he shared with me that was profound, in my opinion, we're never to turn our back on our enemy. Never. Don't turn your back on your enemy. You know, Satan has no more power over you than what you give him. Now, I've had people argue with me over this, but it's a truth. It's a simple truth. Satan has no power over you that you do not allow him to have. If you're a blood-bought Christian, saved by the power of God, he can't touch you unless you let him. Keep that in mind. That was all free. Uh, Let's see, where am I? Verse 9, then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. And again, we find in verse 10, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Now, I said there was a difference. Verse 10, feed the hungry is different than verse 7, where it says share your food. In verse 10, when you look at the original writings, it's feed them from your soul. See, that means that we're to give to those in need from what's inside of us. And what Tron shared about working with these veterans, they need the light that we have to shine into their darkness. You know, there's something really unique about darkness. Did you ever notice, maybe you've been here in an evening service, that darkness doesn't shine into this building? But if you go outside, you'll notice that light is shining out of this building. Why is that? Because light displaces darkness. Did you know darkness scientifically doesn't even exist? It's it's not even something that exists. See, darkness is actually described as an absence of light. The darkness that's inside of a person can be described that way. It's the absence of the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've got that light in us. And we're to share it with everybody. It's all right to go feed them a hamburger, but you need to feed them from your soul, from what you have inside you. 
If you, in verse, the New King James Version of that says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, feeding them from our soul, what's inside of us as followers of Christ, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. Verse 11 says, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, and then you will be known as a rebuilder of the walls and restorer of homes. Keeping the Sabbath holy, don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord is holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor, satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestors Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. I love this. If we will do what he says. This passage of scripture is complete. The whole Bible is this way. If we will, I will. God continually says that. If you'll do these things, then I'll do this. If you'll do this, I'll do this. It's always put on us first. God's willing. God's willing to do whatever it is that we need. But he's requiring us to take a step first. I said all that to say this. If we serve with a ministry, or anywhere else for that matter, we must remember our calling is to feed the hungry, to bring relief to the afflicted. I love that you can literally translate that verse as feed them from your soul. No matter where you serve, if you serve right here in this church and that's all you ever do, give everything you have. I got news for you. There are people sitting around you right now that need what you have. The church isn't about coming and, and, and sitting and listening to your pastor. That's, that's, not the, that's not the whole gig. This ought to be a place of celebration. When you walk through those doors on a Sunday morning, you ought to be excited to share the things that happened in ministry throughout the entire week through your life. This man's job ought to be to restore you and refill you and charge you back up and send you right back out into your mission field. That's what this is about. That's what being a follower of Christ is about. God pours into us, not for us. It's for us to give. It's for us to pour out. We're just a vessel. Some of us are clogged up. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, everyone, we as followers of Jesus Christ encounter in our daily walk needs what we have. We have within us the truth that will set the captive free. It's time that we begin to do what we are called to do, feed them from what we have inside of us. I use the word follower on purpose. It's not enough just to be a believer. I categorize people two ways. You have believers and you have followers. There's a lot of believers. People believe. We run into that a lot. Oh, yeah, I, I believe. Well, even the demons believed and they trembled. But see, we don't have a lot of followers. We got a lot of people who know these things. They're going through the motions of Christianity because it's what you're supposed to do. Doing the right things, giving the right stuff, paying their tithes, doing this, doing that, being involved. But they're lacking something still inside. They've not fully committed. You know, when Jesus said to pick up our cross and follow him, real significance to that. I mean, for most of us, we understand what the cross represents, right? And we, we see crosses all over the place. We see them hanging on our neck, hanging from the mirror of a car. You know, we got shirts with crosses on them. We got crosses in our churches, crosses in our yards. 
But, but have we forgot what that truly means? Have we forgot what it really means, what it stands for, what it represents? So that cross represents the crucifixion and the death of our Savior. The taking of our sin upon him, the shedding of his blood for us. That's what the cross represents. So when he says that we are to pick up our cross daily, it's just exactly that. We are to die to us every day and do what he's called us to do. Feed the hungry. Restore the city. Bring light to the darkness. That's what it truly means to pick up our cross and to follow him. You know, he gave a great, what we call the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Most of us, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, I was, I was brought up with the Great Commission being to go into all the world. That, that, that's not the Great Commission. Where to going as people have ever been. We go everywhere. Some of you will go this afternoon. I've been going all weekend. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it, the commission isn't to go. The commission is what follows that. As we go, we are to share Christ with everyone we encounter. As we go, we're to make followers. You know, one of my, I had a quote when I was a youth pastor for many years, and one of the quotes I had on my wall was from St. Francis of Sicily, where he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful because it is our life that represents everything about us. People are going to read us like a book really quick. You, know, you can talk about judging a book by its cover. It ain't hard sometimes, is it? We can read them really fast. I just like flipping to the backside and get it over with. But we're to make followers, feed them from what's inside of us. As I bring this to a close today, I want to challenge it to you here. As you commit to serve through ministry and any other calling that you may have, will you take the time to evaluate your relationship with Jesus Christ? Commit to answer his call and become a follower, allowing him to be the Lord of your life. If you would, just bow your heads with me this morning. Father one, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. God, I thank you for this body of believers and this body of followers, God, who have, who have given, who serve in such a way that they affect their city, they affect those around them. God, I pray today that, that you bring forth a challenge to our spirits. If there's someone here today who's not following you, maybe they're just going through the motions. Maybe they're kind of like that first part. They, they pay their tithes, they, they do their due penance. But they're not following you with their whole heart. God, I pray they don't leave this way the way they came. They changed this morning through the power of your blood and the power of your surrendering unto you this morning. So, Father, as we close this service, I want you to challenge our hearts. God, that you would move in such a way that we wouldn't leave this place the way we came. And, that, God, that we would be fired up to give to those in need around us, to see those in need. Open the eyes of our heart, just like that song says. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we could see the way you see. See the needs around us because they stand around us all the time. Thank you, Father. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, I just want to bring a challenge to you. Pastor Rob and I have talked about closing the service this way. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never made that commitment, 
I want you to just stand to your feet and come and meet with him right down here at the front. He's going to pray with you. Now, this ain't, a, this ain't about embarrassing nobody. This is, simple, this is simple math right here. This is what we are called to. Jesus Christ gave his life for you so that you could serve him in a wholehearted capacity. So if there's anyone here this morning who's not living in such a way in relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to fix that right here and right now. We'll pause just for a moment. Anyone in the building? Secondly, I want to challenge you to this. If you're a believer, but maybe you're not a follower, maybe you're not giving what you should be given, and you want prayer this morning or you need some encouragement this morning, I want you to make your way to the front. Let this pastor pray over you. Let him recharge your batteries so that when you walk out this place, you're headed into your mission field full and ready to go for God. Anyone in the building? Father, once again, I just thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. God, I just thank you for this body of believers and followers, God. Pray that they continue can they continue to, to be a vessel, that this church be an artesian well. As you pour in, it pours out, and it covers this city. The God, they change those that they encounter. In Jesus' name, amen.